Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Welcome to Podcast Rebellion. This is Juco All-American, joined as always by Whiskey Wednesday, and today we are talking all things women's basketball. Uh, the Ole Miss women's basketball, the Lady Rebs, uh, qualified for the NCAA tournament. They are a, an eight seed and will be facing the number nine seed, Gonzaga, uh, on Friday night at 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, thanks to a game being played in Stanford, California. Well, Stanford, California is not really a, a city, is it? It's Palo Alto, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's just a million cities in the Bay Area, so it's hard to keep track, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, actually, oh, oh. Apparently, um, it's one of those situations sort of like uh, how Ole Miss is technically at University, Mississippi. Mm. Uh, Stanford is surrounded by Palo Alto, California, but is located in Stanford, California. So I was right. (laughs) In being wrong. (laughs) The best kind of right. Technically correct. Um, Yeah, so... It's a big game, obviously. Uh, it's the second year that Ole Miss has made the tournament, and last year Ole Miss made it as a seven seed, facing number the ten seed South Dakota State, who beat Ole Miss uh, and then managed to beat the two seed Baylor before being knocked out in the Sweet 16. Um, and there's some reason for concern around Gonzaga, specifically because. The way that South Dakota State did Ole Miss in was with like a very, very precise and methodical offensive game. Uh, Ole Miss has been entirely predicated on incredible defense and just causing lots of turnovers, havoc, making the uh, the other team take shots that are contested and, you know, not good looks and all that. But when they face a team that is offensively elite, they struggle with that. And uh, Gonzaga uh, has converted, I think, 40% of their three-point attempts this season. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah they... 40% is, uh, is a lot. Yeah, and, and they're a pretty good team overall. Uh, it's weird for nine seed to be 28 and four overall uh, with a win over the number six team in the country uh, on the year, uh, which they, they do have. And well, they, they finished the number, they finished the season ranked as the 19th uh, team in the AP Top 25. So they are the number 19 overall team, and they're a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you got to love that if you're a Gonzaga fan and also if you're an Ole Miss fan. <laughs> right, right. exciting stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, what what did Gonzaga in was their conference is really bad. And so uh, while they had really impressive wins over Louisville and Tennessee uh, during the regular or during the out of conference, they also lost some games in conference play that just are what used to be called RPI bombs, but I guess are now net bombs. Um, yeah, so it's it's going to be tough. And then, you know, the perils of being an eight or nine seed are that right after that, if you manage to win, you face the one seed. 
and that is Stanford. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, I guess the the good news for for Ole Miss is that they have really bowed up against some tough teams this year. Um, most recently against South Carolina, the number one team in the country. Um, oh, yeah. Watch some highlights from that game today. Um, and you know, there there seem to be <laughs> like Ole Miss was in it late, even had a lead late, and there seemed to be a lot of occasions where like an and one foul could have been called or something. Uh, that that could have made the difference in that game not going to overtime. Um, yeah, <laughs> Ole Miss and, led by two with 50 seconds left in the game. Yeah, in regulation, yeah. sorry. Yeah, and they had a horrible uh, game from the free free throw line. If I yeah. recall, they did. They did. Um, but I mean, you know, South Carolina. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, so so they won the national title last year, and are the odds-on favorites to repeat. Um, they haven't lost a game in something. I think it's been, it's 40 games now. Um, and Ole Miss took them to overtime in Oxford in front of 6,000 people. And I watched the whole game and it, it was definitely, a, you know, there was, there was a crowd there, um, but couldn't quite get it done. I mean, in any game like that, when you're facing just an unbelievably talented team, nothing can go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in a sport like women's basketball, where it's still just extremely top heavy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this is the case for for a lot of men's sports as well. But like the South Carolina, I haven't looked at their recruiting class, but like it's not uncommon for them to sign like five of the top seven players. So, you know, they're just constantly full of elite, elite players. Uh, and that's yeah. that's pretty nice situation to be in. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about more about Gonzaga and then a little about Stanford, although I haven't spent as much time diving into them, but let's actually just sort of talk about the season that has been. Um, and so Ole Miss finished the season 23 and eight. Let's see. Let me make sure that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 23 and eight. And uh, six of those eight losses came to top 25 teams. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't this like awful slog of, you know, losing to lots of b- bad teams and kind of f- trying to figure out if you were going to make it like, it was clear that Ole Miss was going to make the tournament with a month out or, I mean, I guess the crazy things can always happen and you can lose a bunch of games you're not supposed to, but like they were well poised all along to be playing for seeding. And unfortunately they, you know, a game like the South Carolina game uh, where they, they were so close uh, th- they couldn't manage to win those games that would have really propelled them higher as a higher seed. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, I, Ole Miss three years ago, I think it's three years ago now, uh, went 0 16 in conference play and scored like four points in a half against South Carolina. And four is not an exaggeration. Um, so, you know, pretty crazy to think about where this has come uh, and where this program has come from. Um, I, I don't know how much you were following last year, but uh, at the very least, Coach Yo was being strongly considered for the Georgia job. Uh, and... Ultimately, she was not hired there. There was some, there was rumor that she kind of had been hired, but then 
some influential Georgia people uh, canceled that, like boosters or previous coaches or whatever, sort of like ended that. Um, Cancel culture strikes again. I know, right? Cancel culture. Uh, (laughs) And I think that uh, some portion of the Ole Miss fan base, for whatever reason, isn't a huge fan of Coach Yo, or at least hasn't been. Maybe this season has sort of changed things. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, used that as like a, yeah, things are going to crumble and fall apart now that Shakira Austin is gone. Uh, Shakira Austin was the center last season who was a lottery pick and finished second in WNBA Rookie of the Year voting this year. Um, And I also thought they were going to fall off. Uh, Not like, you know, be horrible to to pre-Yo days or something like that, but I did not expect them to make the tournament. Um, But it turns out that they were able to really throw a lot of things together uh, in the transfer portal and build a team that was not a team with a star and supporting cast, but mostly a supporting cast uh, and really have that cast come together and, and work out. Yeah. I mean, watching even just highlights of them, it's, it's clear that they're really fun to watch and it's clear that there are a lot of players that contribute heavily, like studying this team. It would, you know, it's difficult to figure out who, you know, the best player is, I guess you probably go with Madison Scott or Angel Baker. Um, yeah. There's, you know, four or five other players that contribute so much that, you know, it, it's really, really a well-balanced team. Yeah. So a- Angel Baker was first team all SEC. She won the Gillum trophy, which is goes to the best uh, women's basketball player in the state of Mississippi. Uh, Madison Scott was second team all SEC and first team all D. I actually think, if I had to choose between them, I would say Madison Scott is a better player, uh, but but Angel Baker scores a lot and does it effectively and is you know a vital part of the team. Um, but I think that you know for a team that makes its whose hallmark is defense, a, a lot of that is very um, unheralded. Like you know you have a lot of players who aren't filling up the stat sheet but are high-effort, high-intensity players who make it all work. Um, and Coach Yo has said, uh, like, she has a quote that um, you don't have to be talented to play defense. Uh, and, of course, like, there are limitations to that. But her point is, like, in her system, if you are just at all times willing to put forth your, you know, your highest effort, like, she will reward that and players have, have seen that and noticed it and that makes them all play hard. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's, it's really fascinating how, how this team works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so aside from Baker and Scott, um, there are, you know, three transfers that or I guess four transfers that have played, you know, heavy minutes, um, Maya Taylor is the the first one that has kind of popped out to me um, starting at point guard and just like makes a lot of plays, um, you know, both just distributing the ball around and kind of penetrating, uh, drawing a lot of attention, drawing some like and one fouls, um, just like really heady looking, aggressive, like attacking offensive player, really fun to watch. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the, 
what she did in the transfer portal in not finding an actual Shakira Austin like replacement, not somebody that was like a five star everyone really wanted, uh, but assembling pieces that <laughs> sort of a money ball style, right? Like, um, what what does your team lack? Find people who can do that, regardless of whether they're like totally well rounded and you know excellent. Um, and I think Mar Marquise Davis is a really good player, but um, you know uh, has has some limitations as you know almost every player does. And Coachio is able to really maximize that. Maya Taylor from Mississippi State also transferred in uh, and seems to really get the ball rolling. Uh, she's the point guard has started every game and uh, is not really an offensive threat. I mean, she she can score, but not a lot. I think her – let me make sure that I'm right. I think she's only scored double digits in, like, two games this season. Um, is that right? I wanted to say she was averaging close to double. Let me see. Uh, no, only 6.7. Four, four games this season she scored double digits. Um, mm -hmm. And 17 is her high. Besides that, it's 11. So, I mean – you know, she is a distributor. She leads the team in assists, of course. Um, but she's also excellent on defense and does not turn the ball over. And that is essential for a team that has some major struggles offensively. Like, uh, one stat that I hadn't thrown out yet is that uh, this team collectively is shooting just under 30% from three. And that is a real problem in, in modern basketball. But they can make up for it in, you know, many different ways. And one of those ways is by smothering the opponents on, on defense and just scoring on fast breaks and things like that. But, yeah, um, it's uh, obviously that is that is a, a checklist. Or if, if Coach Yo is making a checklist for the offseason, finding three-point shooters is definitely up there. Uh, speaking of three-point percentages, uh, not struggling from three-point land is Angel Baker, who shoots 44% from three, which is pretty nuts. Is that real? I think um, so says ESPN. Uh, I see 35% from three. What am I looking at then? I don't know. She, she's 45% mm -hmm. overall. But I mean, 35% is also fine. I mean, mm -hmm. if if all of the the guards shot that, I, you know, then, then we'd be having a different conversation. We'd probably be in a much better spot. And as a reminder, Gonzaga, forty one and a half percent from three. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was looking at her home three point percentage. I think uh, I don't know why that's I don't know why that's up top, but it is. Uh, <laughs> thanks, ESPN. Good thing that would be a breakout. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, next transfer. Kaya Singleton, I guess, um, is the starting center and is from Rutgers. Uh, she is good defensively. She's not, doesn't put up gaudy numbers in anything really, but is a, a very reliable player who plays a key role to, to the team, to a team that's not, doesn't have a lot of size. Yeah. And then finally, Rita Igbokwe. Um, mm hmm is sort of like the the backup center, correct? She's yeah, the yeah. tallest player on the team at six foot four, mm -hmm. um, and she leads the team in blocks. Yeah, yeah. But I think that Coach Yo wants as if she's having to choose between Singleton and Igbakwe, she chooses Singleton for 
like well-roundedness, I guess. But Ibakwe is like again super important to have in there at, at different times. Yeah, leading the team in blocks uh, off the bench is is pretty cool, pretty important. Uh, okay, so let's do talk a bit about Gonzaga. Uh, and I haven't like watched Gonzaga games. I have looked at their statistics, and that's about it. Um, but you know, they seem like there are plenty of players who can score some, but there are three major players that essentially will control whether or not Ole Miss is able to win the game. And that's so the leading scorer is Yvonne Ijim. She is six one, uh, and she is averaging. She hits thirty five and a half percent of her threes, fifty three percent of her field goal attempts in general, and um, yeah, it's also averaging eight point four rebounds a game, which is pretty good from a three point shooter. Um, although actually. She doesn't do a lot of uh, of, of three-point shooting. She's really more of a slasher. Uh, one person that I actually... <clears throat> so last year, I put together a list of who I thought Coach Yo should go after in the portal. And one a category was just like three-point shooters. Uh, but one of the three-point shooters that I mentioned who was in the portal at the time is named Brenna Maxwell. Uh, she was at... Utah before, um, but she transferred to Gonzaga, unfortunately, and she converts 49.4% of her three-point attempts on five and a half attempts per game. Goodness gracious, that is crazy. <laughs> 49. Also crazy is Gonzaga's roster in general. Uh, they have, so Yvonne Ejim, or however you pronounce her last mm. name, is Canadian. Uh, Eliza Hollingsworth is from Australia. Uh, Maud Huijbens, not even going to really attempt that one, is from the Netherlands. Uh, they have a player from England. Like, man, this is a crazy team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it will definitely be a, a major test for, for Ole Miss. And while I don't think that time zones often matter, um, the difference of a team from Washington playing at a reasonable time at night versus a team from Mississippi playing, starting a game at 9 PM. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe it doesn't matter. College students stay up late. I get it. But like, I would rather it be a normal time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's literally no way for me to watch that game, which is kind of, <laughs> unfortunate yeah that's right you're on the east coast so a 10 p.m start time is fun yeah uh okay so if they manage to win that which uh i i don't know about you i actually would pick against Ole miss because i'm uh just a bad rebel like that i guess uh, i mean yeah it's a pretty bad draw man uh <laughs> It's a pretty yeah. bad draw. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe Ole Miss will just be the best defensive team they played all year, and they'll they'll get you know frustrated and you know struggle. But it's hard to pick that. Yeah. So um, Ole Miss, there is only one team all year that Ole Miss has not held below its average offensively. Uh, that was Auburn. 
which is Ole Miss's only bad loss, um, and that was in overtime in Auburn. So, you know, if Ole Miss has been able to hold South Carolina in two meetings below its below its uh, offensive average, like maybe they'll be able to do the same against against Gonzaga. Uh, but if they do, if they manage to win, then they turn around and play uh, the Stanford Cardinal, uh, who is the number five ranked team in the AP Top 25, but they're a, a one seed, and they went 28-5 and five this season. They are also a an offensive juggernaut. <laughs> uh, luckily, so they've converted about 35% of their threes, but they also, like, I don't know. They, they out-rebound everyone. They cause a bunch of turnovers. They don't take bad shots. Like it, it's going to be tough. They're, they're big. Uh, and yeah, it, it could be, it could be difficult, but like, yeah. look, making it the tournament is one, something to be celebrated two years in a row made the tournament. That's like never happens. It'll miss. Uh, but also once you're in the tournament, crazy things can happen. Yeah, totally. I've always thought, it's strange that your reward for being an eight or nine seed is getting fed into that buzzsaw <laughs> yeah. in round two. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's going to happen at some point. If you go on a tournament run, you're going to run into a one or two seed, you know, unless you're just yeah. extraordinarily lucky. But, but yeah, that, like, it's you a would really much rather route. be like, you would much rather be like an 11 seed. Sure. In theory, right? Like, you know, you're 11, you go up against a six, and then Five, you go right? up against a three. Or am I no, totally Yeah, wrong? 11 goes up against a six. It always adds up to 17 in the first yeah, round. Yeah, that's, um, right. that's right. But yeah, you go up against a six, and you go up against a three. Whereas instead, if you're an eight, if you're a nine seed, you go up against an eight and then a one. Like, mm-hmm. what? How does this work out? Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's definitely uh, it'll be it'll be fun to follow however long Ole Miss lasts in the tournament and uh, hey maybe they maybe they make a run yeah I mean just overall I'm super glad for a lot of reasons that that Coach Yo is at Ole Miss and has had such success um, I mean I, I think it's just phenomenal for the program like having a, a young female coach just kind of crushing it at a school that has never crushed it in women's basketball. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so I can actually speak a little bit about like the roster for next year as we close up here. I, I don't know um, how much you followed that, but uh, basically like almost is in a, is in a weird spot. Um, so it does lose Angel Baker, who obviously is a major scoring threat. It loses Taya Singleton and Maya Taylor. Uh, so that's that's three of the five starters. Um, Rita Igbakwe is a senior, but didn't participate in Senior Day. Markeisha Davis is a senior, but didn't participate in Senior Day. Um, Ole Miss has five players coming in, five high schoolers coming in. Uh, two top 100 players. One is a point guard. One is a center, which lines up nicely with uh, Maya Taylor and Taya Singleton being gone. 
Uh, one is the number three overall, or not number three overall, the number three international player overall, um, who is a three-point specialist, which of course this team needs. Uh, and then there are two wings that are you know likely to play some, but then really you step up. Next year's senior class is enormous, um, and there's going to be a lot to replace. But but this year that's actually not the case. Um, and I, I was counting up all the so you have 13 scholarship players uh, by NCAA rule. And uh, this current crop of high schoolers plus what's returning adds up to 13. So in theory, technically, there is not currently an opportunity to add anyone in the transfer portal, which seems very unlikely. I mean, obviously they figure out some way to add it. You know, someone leaves or transfers or just decides they're done with basketball or something like that. But if you look at the roster, it's like there aren't a lot of players who have have both A, not already transferred, and B, are someone you would want to lose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting the way that the portal creates these weird numbers games, but but yeah. I don't know. I mean, how, you know, how cutthroat of uh, a sport is women's basketball in terms of, you know, coaches trying to create that, that turnover when they identify like, Hey, this player isn't quite living up to what we had hoped or whatever. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, coach Yo has always had uh, during her tenure, multiple transfers out in the off season. Um, But it's just, it's become a little bit harder for that to happen. Uh, when, when, say, a third or half of your roster is from the portal, has already transferred once, they can't just transfer again because they'd have to sit out for a year. Uh, and so then, you know, you're left with like, okay, well, the high school, the the current players who signed with Ole Miss out of high school are um, Madison Scott, who, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's welcome to stay. Uh, let's see. Snuda Collins, who is a possibility. Uh, Snuda Collins plays excellent defense, but had sort of carved herself out this niche of being a three and D player. So she plays great defense and and is money from three, but she's just not money from three. Like I think she's twenty eight percent on the year, um, which is you know not great. But she is an excellent defensive player and plays a lot of minutes for for Ole Miss. Uh, and then Ayana Thompson, who's a freshman. You don't want to lose a freshman. Uh, she's also played a good bit for, for a freshman. Uh, and that's it. Every yeah. other player is a transfer. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I'm just I'm just not sure what, what will happen. But obviously there's opportunity there. And there are holes in the roster, of course, with the especially as, as I talked about, three-point shooting that Coach Yo will want to address in the offseason. It's just like, how will she address those? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty crazy roster situation if you look at it. There's literally one sophomore and one freshman on the team. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, some of that, honestly, team? like, uh, I think Coach Yo has been lauded for her use of the portal, and that's rightfully so for the most part, but she has also sacrificed the last two seasons uh, in high school recruiting. And she took an approach which 
makes sense of like if I can't get the best, I'm gonna go find them elsewhere and have them contribute to me. And so she has, you know, swung for and missed on or been, you know, in a always the bridesmaid, never the bride situation, although she was the bride with uh with Madison Scott, who was a five star. Um she has often like been second or third for five star players out of high school. And some of those ultimately have transferred to Ole Miss. Like Alana Eaton is a backup shooting guard right now for us. She was a former five star. Uh, and you know, we, we've seen a couple of others as well, but, um, the fact that her roster is totally juniors and seniors doesn't put her in a great spot foundationally to maintain. Although again, this year, like she has two top 100 players and a number of other promising prospects. Uh, I, I, I think after next season, it's going to be really hard. And she, she could still do well uh, next season and, and moving forward, but there's just a lot of work to do in the offseason when you constantly are relying on transfers. Yeah, yeah, it'll have to be a really big transfer class, which, you know, a big boomer bust thing, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, you know, maybe next year is when she gets back on track or even just continues, I guess, this recent trend with this one year. If she just gets, you know, two more top 100 players out of high school and then some transfers, then you can sort of piece things together and make that work. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think that's going to that's gonna wrap us up for today. But uh, if Ole Miss advances, we will definitely talk more about it on the next pod. If not, we will have plenty of other things to talk about. And uh, spring football starts. When does it start? A week from, to, week from yesterday? <laughs> Tuesday. Next Tuesday, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Tuesday. All right, there we go. So that will be uh that'll be plenty of podcast fodder. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, everybody.